0: I was gonna ask you about the practices itself so if you can help us understand because anxiety is something i have experienced for you know firsthand. one of my friends used to suffer from anxiety attacks mm. and i have seen him the way it used to take over his mind and body and in the terrible condition he used to be so i was going to come on to that point how you know somebody who understands and is able to see the early signs of an anxiety attack or the early signs of being anxious as well. How can they really calm themselves down? You talked about one of the triggers being acceptance, one of the reasons of anxiety being acceptance. So, And acceptance in relationships is a very big issue. So, you know, if you can just touch upon these points in brief and help us understand how can one become self-sufficient or you know strengthen themselves internally to manage these situations in a much better manner
1: absolutely Uh, so you know um, i want to uh, uh, let you know that uh, before i come to the actual uh, uh, practices just to have an idea see the more the more we understand about what's going on behind the scenes the better prepared we are even otherwise isn't it so, from that perspective, just to understand how in a particular, in any given day, we have between 60 000 to 70,000 thoughts. And research has shown that over 50 or 60% of these thoughts are repetitive. So, they are perhaps like 8 or 10 thoughts that go on and on in our mind, every day, hour after hour, year after year. This is a process that we call rumination. So, if there is an Um, expectation that we have not met, our self-expectation or expectation of others that we have not met or a need that has not been met, like you said, self-acceptance, relationship needs. um, If these are not met, then chances are that is what we tend to ruminate about over and over same thoughts. So the first idea is when I say self-awareness and noticing our external triggers, we also begin to understand what are our ruminating thoughts. What is the nature of the thoughts that we constantly talk about? Rumination is the same thought over and over again. And if you actually spend a little time figuring out what are my everyday thoughts, you will perhaps realize that in the course of 5 or 10 minutes itself, you will be able to spot at least one thought that you think about repeatedly that causes stress for you. Perhaps it, it is, I'm not good enough. It, it, mm-hmm. is, it could be what are others thinking of me.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, it could be that I cannot present myself very well. And so if you notice the nature of these ruminating thoughts, one of the common things about these ruminating thoughts that cause stress and anxiety are that they are judging you. They are self-judging and they are self-critical. That is what causes them to keep coming over and over again so the first thing is to notice that these are the so even if you notice one thought no uh, forget about four or five even if you begin to understand that this is one thought that i ruminate about over and over again so now we have learned that external stressors are maybe one or two things that we have this is a good practice to start slow let's begin with something uh, um, you know one or two things and then move the list there will be a long list as we move in uh, in our life but first let's start with one or two external stressors then let's start with internal ruminating thoughts just one or two what are the what is the nature of one or two thoughts that i think about every time so that is helping us understand our unmet need why is it that i stress about repeatedly where is it coming from so this unmet need now you mentioned that your friend got into a panic attack now already we call that a state where it is the level of anxiety has become so advanced that perhaps he needs professional help, he or she. But I'm talking about an anxiety where we can actually self-regulate and help ourselves. So we, we call the level where I have noticed that my anxiety is likely to begin because I'm approaching my stressors. It is a state of spark. You know, there's a little chingari kind of. And if I understand that it, it is a now a flame, then I can stop it from becoming a forest fire. Right? So, yeah. the idea of self-regulation is catching the anxiety at the level where it's just a spark. And that happens when we learn to observe. Now, observing is a skill. So, one of the key uh, practices of mindfulness in order to figure out where we get anxious, is to watch our breath. The object of our meditation in this case is watching our breath. So why the breath? Okay. The breath because the breath is always, I mean, when we are, we are alive, when we are breathing, isn't it? So the breath is always with us. The second thing is the breath is a good indicator telling us the state of our being in this moment. How? When I'm angry, what is the nature of my breath? It becomes short as compared to when I'm at peace, when my uh, breath is also long and fluid. When I'm angry, stressed, my breath is short and sharp. When I'm you know, feeling a fear, perhaps my breath is unsteady. So when I just, mm-hmm. I'm not changing. So if my breath is, for example, unsteady, I'm not watching my breath and making it steady. Uh, deliberately. I'm not putting any effort in fact, except noticing. Mindfulness is, remember what I said, mindfulness is simply noticing and becoming aware of, not making any changes. But the effort is to not judge, not tell, it is unconditional. So I'm not telling myself, oh, I'm in fear. I'm, you know, how I'm a coward all the time because right now I'm feeling fear or anxiety. Or how every time I keep expecting this. That's why I'm I'm in this state right now. So no narrative happening around the watching. So first of all, bringing myself to a state where I'm simply watching my breath as it's coming in and going out. Now as you can imagine, for beginners and for many years in fact, not just for beginners, I have put in two decades of meditation practice and for me also, I need cushion time sitting in meditation posture for some time to make sure my thoughts and my awareness is focused on my breath, because that's a practice. Once we reach some minimum level of skill in watching my breath, then all of the, my breath can actually give its own wisdom for me to understand where I am. And the moment I begin watching my breath, automatically my breath slows down this is a fact it's a scientifically proven thing simply watching my breath i can lower my level of anxiety fear whatever negative emotion that i may be facing provided i'm not already in the grip of it that's why it's so important to catch it early so once i learn this skill of, of watching my breath my, my breath is the mind between uh, is the bridge between mind and body by watching my breath i'm managing my body reactions because otherwise there's no other way see most of our responses of heartbeats uh, you know the blood rushing to our head all of these are unconscious responses of the body I can't tell my heart to beat slower I can't ask my blood Mm -hmm. not to rush to my head I can watch my breath and reverse what's happening in my body through my breath so that's a very important foundational practice of mindfulness of watching breath there are other techniques which i am going to quickly go through two other sure. uh, very important sure. resiliency techniques yeah two important resiliency techniques and i would like to speak about resiliency by letting us first understand what it means so resiliency is when you know when we are under the grip of stress or anxiety then most often our responses are not based on a balanced understanding of what's going on, we are reacting to the situation. So with resiliency, we are actually actually taking charge back. So resiliency is having this ability to have a more regulated, balanced response to a challenging situation. One of the techniques to bring ourselves back into resiliency is what we call grounding. Grounding okay. is such a simple technique. And it can, mm. you, you and me can practice this as, as we are sitting okay. and go with what I'm saying and see if it's make a, making a difference. So as you're sitting in your chair, you can actually plant your feet firmly on the ground. And uh, our feet are otherwise when we are sitting also on the ground only. Our feet are not in the air. But now we are talking consciously placing our feet firmly on the ground. So you can do that now. Just uh, feel the feet firmly on the ground and bring our mind to the feet on the ground. So bringing that awareness and attention to ground thing is what I'm talking about right now. When we bring our attention to our feet, then we begin to notice perhaps a sense of gravity, you know supported on the ground because our feet are there they are placed over there you will see your pelvic bones on the cushion there again there is a sense of support and security coming we place our attention on these spots, our feet on the ground our pelvic bones on the cushion our back against the back cushion of the chair perhaps, then that grounding is a is tapping into our senses and creating safety by bringing our mind back into the body, taking it away from our ruminating thoughts and anxiety back into the body. Now, we should simply watch what's happening and by putting our mind into the grounding for the next 30 seconds, Find out if there is a difference between the way our thoughts were rushing around before to now, when we are placing our thoughts consciously into our body, looking for the safety. So that's one technique. Simply taking our rushing thoughts and mind energy, which is so restless, placing them on our our feet and letting it be there. So our mental direction is on the feet and on the places, in as we sit, on the support areas that we are facing. But where is the support coming from? It's coming from the body. So we are dropping down into our body and sensory motor practice therefore. The second is something that we call tracking. Tracking is another practice that drops our mind back into our bodies, actually finding a connection with our body. Because when we are anxious and stressful, we are disconnected from our bodies. So this is a simple, powerful technique to put our minds back into the body, finding that connection. And perhaps at this moment, if I'm asking you to look into which area of the body can you sense most, where are the sensations the most? So you might notice that the sensations are the most in your lower back, perhaps the shoulders, you know, there is a little bit of stress there. Sometimes we feel sensations mostly in our belly. If we are not finding sensations anywhere, then mostly it's easier to find them in the palms of our hands, the soles of our feet or on our forehead or our scalp. So you might find a tingling sensation, perhaps a throbbing, warmth, coolness, just staying with those sensations. So we are not, the point here is not rating these sensations, what is the nature and uh, trying to figure out is this good or bad, what I'm feeling, sensing, actually dropping the thoughts and simply noticing the sensations as they arise and staying there. This whole process has the ability to slow down, bring space into our inner landscape and help our body self-regulate. So we bring ourselves back into a state of homeostasis. Homeostasis is a uh, is a uh, is a mechanism where all our body functions come back into balance. Rather than our blood rushing, our heart rate rushing, or even depressed in some cases, we come back into balance, and we give our body a chance to do that. So these are the three things that we can actually practice on a regular basis on the cushion, so that when we are actually facing a challenging situation or about to face one. Because remember I said that we have already identified our triggering situations. We have already identified what happens, what is the nature of my thoughts, you know, because these are the thoughts that happen connected with my challenging situations. So these two things I've already done. So once these two things begin to happen in my everyday life, my own cushion practice of my watching my breath, of grounding and tracking can be called to assist me in my challenging situation in everyday life. Now, I'm going to say one more thing here. Most people when they hear this for the first time, they wonder if this is some kind of a hack. How is it possible? It's like anxiety and stress are such huge things and you're saying such simple things are going to reverse them? So remember, this is an effort. It's not a hack, only when you put regular effort into this kind of practice, which is simple, but not easy. It's in fact, one of the most difficult things to do, to turn our lens inwards because we don't have the skills. We have never done it before, perhaps, and we don't have the skills to do it. So you might need guidance, perhaps professional guidance to begin with. But even if you don't need professional guidance, what I just said to you is possible to practice on our own. But the practice is a verb here, it's not a noun, which means it has to be rooted in action that is regular and on an everyday basis. Only then can it assist you when you actually face challenging situations and help you reverse that.
0: Well, I totally agree with you Manishri on this. Uh, you know, consistency is something that really helps us to grow and evolve uh, in our journey. So Absolutely. I'm totally you know, with you on this.